Hello and welcome to DNI Spy, the weekly podcast which uncovers what's really going on in the world of diversity and inclusion. I'm Dr. Julie Humphreys. And I'm Natasha Whitehurst. And in today's episode, we're going to be exploring the question, where are you really from? And ahead of introducing our guest today, we want to flag that the contents of this episode may be triggering for listeners due to the nature of the topic. But we are very excited to be joined by Joyce Ossay. Uh, Joyce is a published author, a business analyst and a champion of diversity and inclusion. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you, Natasha and Julie. So glad to be here. We're really excited, but um, it's a it's a big topic, so we could probably spend hours. But to kick us off, can you provide some context to our topic? But where are you really from, please? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a question that I find it's um, it comes up frequently. Um, it's an everyday question, um, especially for the people that are asking it. It's very normalised, but for me, I also find that it's a loaded question. Um, because it's a question that invokes such a range of emotions. And it's also a question that some people find really uncomfortable and difficult to navigate, that whole where are you really from? And we've seen um, stories in the media of people getting themselves in situations which seem like they've been blown out of proportion from such a, a very kind of normal question. So that's the context of it. I think it's so, an important topic. Yeah, Joyce, you're absolutely right. It is really important um, because, as you say, it's been in the news, it's been in the media um, over the past 12 months. In fact, there's some big stories um, around the royal family um, and others. Um, so, so it is important to talk about this. Do you have any personal experience when someone's asked you but where are you really from and, and and can you tell us how you responded and, and how that made you feel yeah sure I've I've had um this question asked many times over the years and in in different um situations so it could be in the workplace and sort of outside of the workplace um and how it's made me feel it's really like like I'm not believed because you know if we go back to the original question is where are you from I don't have a problem with that at all because I think oh that comes from a base of curiosity and you know we're all a bit curious and we want to find out where the person is from so when whatever the answer that they give you accept it but the issue I have is with the follow-up which is the where are you really from and that's where it then invokes all these range of emotions because I think from my lived experience, it's brought up confusion and it's made me think, well, why do they not, why does the person not believe what I've just told them that where I'm, I, I'm, I'm from? So, um, yeah, I've had it in, in the workplace and in social situations and it's made me feel like I, I don't belong wherever it is that I am. And, and I think that, um, you know, being a black woman, I'm visibly different and have been in the workplace. You know, since the age of 13, I've mostly been the only person that looks like me. So whether that's at school or whether that's uh, on a team in the workplace, it's a very visible difference. 
So then to have that question, the follow-up question, where are you really from, it hits differently. It really makes me feel like I don't belong or I'm not being believed. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. I mean, I've lived in Essex for over 20 years. So if someone says to me, where are you really from? I say I'm from Essex. And I can see their eyes glaze over and their brains are, you know, something's going on in their minds like that's not computing. Because A, I don't look like the quintessential Essex girl or Essex woman. And I probably don't sound like I'm from Essex. And I appreciate I appreciate you kind of being open, so open and honest about it, because I think um, what we've often heard is that the question really implies a sense of otherness. Do you, would you agree with that? And I guess um, from your perspective, how do you define otherness? Yeah, I think I think I would agree with that because um, by you actually following up and asking really, it's the bit about where are you really from? Because you said where you're from, but where are you really from? Which I think our words sometimes betrays our thoughts. And by you actually asking that question, you do not believe where that person is from. So therefore, they can't be a part of wherever you might be from. There's something different about you, which then puts you into that other category. It's a really fascinating, um, for me, it's a really fascinating question. Um, so we're a, um, a mixed household. So my partner is British Bangladeshi. And, uh, or husband, as I should husband. say now. Yeah, yeah husband. <laughs> you know, yeah, I love you. Um, thank you. Um, but um, I'd never really, you know, we've been together a long time now, but I'd never until we, you know, certainly um, came together and, and, and started dating, really. I'd never really come across that question. And I think for me, it really kind of came home when we find it a lot in, like, taxis. Um, it or It's the one question that always comes up in a taxi with us when we're, when you're having that kind of, generic conversation and um I'd never heard it as many times and 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 it just gets repeated and I think you agree I, I would agree with you that for you know and I, I'm hoping that Shaky isn't listening and um saying that I'm wrong here but I think for him as well he would definitely you know he always talks to me about it's that really bit and and he would he he's always said to me it's that really bit like the curiosity is great but actually it's that well no I don't believe you kind of questioning your your response um it's yeah from my my pers- I you know I'd never really come across it so appreciate your uh, your viewpoint yeah and, and I, I think, think it's the... stereotyping can come into it as well Joyce can't it the, the question can sort of perpetuate stereotypes by assuming that people of certain racial or or ethnic backgrounds um, should have specific places of origin or affiliations yeah absolutely yeah I think with that question there's a, a yeah like you were saying about the um the the stereotyping there is clearly a a narrative or a story being told by the person that's asking the question. Mm. Um, And they're looking for an answer that will fit into a box. And when they don't get that answer, it doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't compute. Therefore, you you know, you need to keep asking more questions. Um, Yeah. And then it just makes you think, well, why is that relevant? where I'm actually from, why is that relevant in this conversation that we're having? And I think context is so important. 
So we've talked about otherness and a little bit about stereotyping. Um, are there any other key issues that you see around asking the question? I mean, does it detract from uh, other conversations, for example? Are there, is it bound by microaggressions? What, what other issues do you see? I think that, um, yeah, I think that that question is a microaggression. It's very subtle. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people, like I was saying, it's it's a normalised question. It's a very everyday question. So people don't even think about it, especially if you're the person asking it. But when you're the, on the receiving end of that question, it, it, it feels like a microaggression. It's very subtle. It's very, yeah, it's, it's everyday. But it's it's picking up on something about you that's different. So that could be your ethnicity, it could be your name. Maybe that, that name can't be pronounced easily, but you sound British, so therefore something's not adding up. It could be your accent, but it's definitely that when that question is asked, it, for me, in my experience, it's picking up on something that is different about you, whether that's visible or, yeah, audible or otherwise. But essentially, that's what it's saying. It feels like it could be the actual definition of a microaggression, doesn't it? Yeah. Is it one word? Is that really word? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think it's the really bit that is um, very triggering. Or sometimes it's it's presented in another way where people have been asked, where are you from from? <laughs> and I, I remember um, one lady, she was mixed race, um, but she was from South London. So she had a South London accent and she said wherever it was that she was from. And she said that the follow-up question she got was, yeah, but where are you from from? People, people are just so fascinated, aren't they, by where people are from. And I just, I, I don't understand it. Um, I, I can't, especially now uh, we're in, what are we, 2023? Mm -hmm. um, and we're still talking about where people are from. I find that really interesting. I mean, how's it? Do you think that question has shaped your identity or, or your sense of belonging at all? Yes, I I think it has over the years. I think you know, if I go back to when I was younger, I wouldn't have even thought anything of that question. To be honest, I would have just answered it where where I authentically felt at the time where I came from. Whether that you know that was Hackney where I grew up or Hertfordshire where I went to school that was where I was from or Essex where I live now. So that was where that would have been the answer. But I think as I've gotten older and having worked in the diversity and inclusion space for about 10 years, that question now means something different to me because I've become aware of, you know, my difference, my visible difference being a black woman and showing up in spaces where often I'm the only person that looks like me. When I now hear that question, it means something a lot different than when I would have heard it if I was asked that when I was 13. Mm. And and whilst I think we can agree that there's an element of that really um, being a, um, a great example of microaggression, um, I think one of the things that um, you said at the beginning was that element of curiosity that some people or there might be a situation where the question is asked with genuine curiosity and a desire to connect with a person. So my, I guess, how do you distinguish between a well-intentioned 
kind of curious question and that microaggression do you think it definitely do you think it comes down to that almost like that follow-up I think it comes down to the context of the conversation that you're having with that person I think that if it's the first time you're meeting that person whether it's in a work environment or a social setting if you lead with that question where are you from and then they give you the answer and then you then follow up It doesn't, well, for me, it doesn't feel like it's, it comes from a well-intended place. Because if you're genuinely getting to know somebody, you don't need to know where they're actually from. There are other questions that you can ask out of curiosity. And if you're patient enough and you let the conversation run its course, eventually I'm sure that will come up. So depending on who I'm speaking with, if I feel safe enough and comfortable enough, or if the context of our conversation is relevant or it lends itself to that, I will talk about the fact that I have Barbadian and Ghanaian heritage. That that eventually comes out. But if I'm just meeting you for the first time and you go straight to that question, then it kind of throws me off. It's not, it doesn't draw me in. It rather pushes me away. Because I, I think, you know, I, I'm i a very curious person myself and I always encourage curiosity as well with my children. Um, so I think it's great to ask questions, but I think we also have to be mindful about the questions that we're asking and the context that we're asking them in. Because it does and can have a very serious and negative impact. So Joyce, Kern, what do you recommend um, someone responds if they're asked that question? You know, if it was asked of you or, or maybe even your children, you know, how would you recommend that people respond? I say that there's a couple of ways that you could, you could respond and um, it might actually even depend on what your emotional state is in that moment. Um, but yeah, the first one would be, you know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by where am I really from? Because how I've interpreted it might actually not be how that person has interpreted it. So get them to qualify. What do they mean by that? Um, and alternatively, you can just authentically share where you think that you're from in that moment. So if I think I'm from Essex and I, because I've lived in Essex for 20 years, that's what I'll say. And, that's where I think I'm from. But for somebody else, that might be an invitation for them to then share a bit more about their cultural heritage. And I guess on the flip side then, what would or should, in in your opinion, do you think, and I, I think we have kind of um, have touched on this throughout the conversation, but we like to be really um, explicit, but in your opinion, what do you think people should ask instead and where can they do better? Is it is it being that in curiosity and is it actually demonstrating better intent? I asked you a lot of questions there. Um, yeah. So, um, what should they ask instead? Or is there a better way of framing it? I don't. Mm. I would say before you actually ask that question, you know, think about your intention. Why do you even want to know these? How is that relevant to what you are currently talking about? 
You know, are you asking that question to satisfy your curiosity? Well, in that case, then you're not being inclusive. Or are you asking that question to better understand the person that you're speaking with? Well, in that case, you know, you could be seen as building your cultural intelligence. That is inclusive. But if it's just purely to satisfy your curiosity, then don't do it. So let's say somebody did want to, I love that phrase, a building cultural intelligence. Um, so let's say, some, uh, let's say somebody wanted to do that, but were clumsily um, trying to ask you where you were really from because they wanted to build your cult their cultural intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, how would you, you, I mean, you're an EDI consultant, so... Um, imagine I'm I'm your I'm your customer, <laughs> you know, and I'm saying, okay, um, I really don't know what to say. I want to learn more. What would your advice be around that? Without because obviously language is so emotive, and people yeah. are, are at the moment frightened um, around any language when it comes to diversity and inclusion. I would say, have patience. To be honest, when it comes to something like this, just have patience and let the conversation take its course and in your listening you'll be able to pick up some clues as to where that person might be from and with that you can then go and do your own research and pick up on that and then come back and then engage with that person at that point or at that level I love that. And that's putting it back on the person to go and do their own due diligence, to do their own research. It's, you know. That's right. Yeah. Great. No, no, I love that. So so you've mentioned um, throughout our conversation that, um, that your response to this question has changed over time. Um, and since you, you mentioned being 13-year-old, your 13-year-old self, what about more recently? We've seen an explosion over the last sort of three to five years in the DNI world. Um, of people wanting, I would say, welcoming DNI into organisations. We're not there yet, are we? Well, people really? do. <laughs> people do want, uh, you know, some DNI in their organisations. Um, have you and has your perspective changed around this question over that time? Yes, it has. Um, it, it's more around that understanding of the intent behind the question. Now it's where is what is the intention of the question ultimately? Where is it coming from, and how how does actually knowing the answer to that make it relevant for for what you're trying to achieve? Because intention is 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 everything. You know the intention, and then also the context. You put the two together, you can get very different results. If, it's, if the intention is coming from the right place, you know, the genuine curiosity, but the context is inappropriate, then the impact is is really, you know, it can be very, very negative. But it's, yeah, being able to, again, communicate. Because we don't, you know, even making the time to have this conversation, I think it's amazing and a wonderful thing because it's not something people... 
I don't think ordinarily even think about. Mm. Um, so being able to, if, if you have the opportunity or the space and time to even communicate what your intention is or was, that would go or help a great deal to the person that's receiving the question. I think you make some really great points. I mean, the, the whole point of this podcast when we started it was to have those uncomfortable conversations that people don't want to have or feel they can't have. So, yeah. you know, this is, we're about 40 episodes in now, and this is one of, you know, a, a really great topic because it is an uncomfortable topic that people, um, you know, I know when the um, the royal thing happened about six months ago um, yeah. and and there was lots of conversations about, uh, can you say that? Why can't you say, you know, people saying, um, you know, well, she had the right to say it. But I think you're absolutely right. It's around that intention, isn't it? It's around the context. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, and this is a conversation that crops up quite a bit as well. So I was having a conversation with someone on Saturday about it. And they said that initial question, where are you from? They, they asked me no problem with that whatsoever and they they actually embrace it they use it as an opportunity to share about their cultural heritage so when they hear that that brings joy for them you know so they use it as an opportunity to talk about where they were from they were from jamaica Mm. and they use it as an opportunity to be able to educate but for somebody else depending on their kind of lived experience it can be hugely triggering I was just going to say, I think it's also, I think people forget that your well-intended question, so saying, where are you from? That might be the 10th or 20th time someone's had that that week. Yes. And actually, like, that's a big piece of labour for people to continually Mm. answer that question. Mm. And, you know, you think yourself, actually, you know, if you're repeatedly in conversation with people and you're constantly asked a same question how would you feel on that 20th or 30th time um when you're when you're then having to go back through that and actually you're navigating the microaggression and you're navigating the intent and you're navigating the um you know the um, emotional response of the other person actually that's a lot of labor for a person to be going through for that one question alongside everything else that we we deal with as humans in in the day-to-day life and I think I think it's also putting it in that context as well yeah definitely and that's it it goes back to you know the the question both of you asked was around how would you recommend responding and I said it, it depends on what your emotional state is in that moment because if you've had that week where you've been asked that question 30 times then yeah, the patience, you know, your level of patience is zero at that point. Mm. And so it's like, well, what's that got to do with you, where I'm from? That could be the uh, unintended response. And I have to I have to sort of point out here that, um, and go back to the intention um, because some people might be listening to this think, thinking, well, um, if I said that, I would only mean where have you come from today? rather than where do you originate from and so I think that it's really clear that that we point that out that actually the, yeah. the, what we're talking about is the intention mm. isn't you know where have you come from today in terms of did you get the train here or wherever that might be yeah. but it's it's that again that microaggression that intent oh. 
So it's been a fascinating conversation, Joyce. Um, and we we're just talking, weren't we, before we stopped pressed record how we met many years ago uh, in a tiny, tiny little office um, in, in insurance. And, uh, and now you're the amazing published of a, of, um, a book, a Hey, could you tell us a little, about, a little bit about your children's book that you've got? Yeah, it's called The um, Adventures of Amma and Quissy in Barbados. And it's inspired by my Ghanaian and Barbadian heritage and uh, my two children when they were younger. So it was, yeah, but it came from a place around, you know, tackling the underrepresentation of African Caribbean characters in children's stories. Um, and it took me on a journey to 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 writing this book because I I initially it was this idea where I thought wouldn't it be good if somebody wrote a, a story with African Caribbean characters not actually knowing that that person would be me because it was like four years before I even knew the the, the vocabulary diversity and inclusion so of course it would never have been me because that's not what I did <laughs> so we will what what age range is it for first of all. It's um, four to six. Excellent. We will put a link in our show notes uh, for anybody who wants to take a look and, and buy a copy of that. Um, Thank you. You're, you're absolutely welcome. So we can't let you go uh, before you give us um, your top tip for an inclusive action. As you know, we ask all of our guests um, what's their one top tip or one takeaway for our listeners would be following our conversation. I would say it's it's in regards to the impact side of this question. So how can you flex your empathy muscle when it comes to this conversation? Yeah. If you looked or you sounded different, how would you interpret this question? And how do you think it will make you feel? And I think if you if you have the answers for that by asking yourself that. That will inform whether or not you ask that question, where is it really from? That's a great top tip. Making people work. I like it as well. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got to take responsibility for our actions, haven't we? Exactly, exactly. And we say inclusion is an action, so one for everyone to take away. Joyce, thank you so much. We've loved having you, and I think this has been a really important conversation and I think a really great resource for people to be able to come back to and... Um, and take some time to think about so thank you thank you you can find us on twitter our handles are in the show notes below and if you've liked what you've heard please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to get new episodes automatically thanks for listening <laughs>